welcome back to Robin Bastards. I'm your host, Greg from Greg Out Blue at Greg Lord Outdoors. Can't talk tonight. Um, we are here for another tourney recap, um, special edition because we just had two tournaments this past weekend. Um, as per what our normal has been, I have our lake and river directors, Ben Lee and Ryan Van Tyne. What's going on, fellas? What is up? And we are also joined by our winners. Um, the lake event up on Erie was won by Michael Wright. How's it going tonight, buddy? Good, good, good. And our lake event or our uh, river event, creek event on French Creek was won by Matthew Randolph. How's it going, man? Oh, but hanging in there. Nice. So we're going to dive into uh, dive into the recap here of this uh, past weekend's events. But, you know, as per normal housekeeping, uh, anyone have a beverage in hand tonight? Yep. I do. Yeah, I got a green tea. Green tea. <laughs> Van Tyne, I'm going to guess you have a green monster. <laughs> no, I have diet do as always at night. Diet do. Okay. Oh, my gosh. My. <laughs> Michael, you drinking one of those uh, Ithacas you won? Absolutely. I think it's uh, the Lakeside Lager. There you nice. go. Like to hear it, Mr. Yep. Mr. Ben. Oh, Lakeside Lager. <laughs> I, I got some uh, I got some tin cup going. Oh, there you go. It's not a school night anymore, so he's getting he's getting down and dirty. Right. That's it, man. I got till uh, September. I'm good to go. Nice. Uh, so, as I said, we had two events this past weekend. It was Father's Day weekend. Uh, happy Father's Day to all of you gentlemen. I know Ben has kids. Ryan has kids. Matt, I'm pretty sure I heard you saying that you have a, a kid. Yep, yep. I got two boys. Nice. And Michael, you got any kids? I do. A daughter and a son, uh, one in college and one just out of college. Nice. Well, happy Father's Day to all you gentlemen. Belated. Thank you. Thank you. So we are going to start things off. Uh, this has not been asked for a while because the guests and the episodes have been repeat offenders. But as per our normal for breaking the ice a little bit, uh, Michael, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to an episode since we talked on Saturday, but our uh, ice-breaking question for the Rod Ben and Bastards is, Michael, why do you suck at fishing? And I know that's a weird why? question to ask someone that just won a tournament, <laughs> but it's a question we're asking. I'm stubborn, and I fish memories instead of fishing what the fish are doing. I can fully understand that. Absolutely. And what about you, Matt? Why do you suck at fishing? Well, I think uh, a lot has to do with whenever you suck at fishing, you're not actually fishing. You're not in the right mindset. A lot of times you get, you're not focused for certain reasons. Could be weather, could be conditions, could be just your comfortability. Cause I do a lot of winter fishing and I know if you're not comfortable out there fishing, you're, you're not going to catch fish cause you're not fishing correctly. <laughs> so that's, I think that's my major downfall. That's also very understandable. 
I definitely know uh, in the winter, whenever I'm freezing my balls off trying to catch steelhead, if I'm really, really cold, I just do not fish that well. So, I, I agree with you 110%. I, I fish with steelhead also, and that's definitely something that I've learned at a young age wearing hip waders up there. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> One of my uh, one of my fondest memories of uh, fishing for steelhead uh, was my dad and I were fishing in the marina at Walnut, and it was like snow blowing sideways off the lake, and I'm out there wearing all the same stuff that I would wear if I was deer hunting in the middle of winter, and I just was like, I'm out here trying to catch fish that we're going to throw back most of the time, so this is dumb. <laughs> Fast, fast forward like 20 years later and I'm like, damn, I can't wait to go and do that tomorrow. Nice. I know. It's funny how things work like that. For sure. So we are um, two events into our lake series, uh, one event into the river series. And as I said, Michael won the lake event up on Erie. Um and Ben kind of brought this into fruition, I feel like. And I don't know if you had said to Michael about it or not, but post Jaime event, we were hanging out at the Crooked Paddle and talking about Erie. And Ben made the comment of, it would be cool as hell for someone to win an Erie event with nothing but a large mouth bag. And Mr. Wright, <laughs> what, three weeks later, a month later, did exactly that. So, um, you know, we kind of talked a little bit uh, after the event. And I said, you know, this is being as fully transparent as you want to be. If you want to not give any details of stuff, that's completely fine. But, you know, the question I don't know if everyone has, but I definitely have is you went to Erie and you focused on largemouth. I like, yes, I'm, sir. I'm dumbfounded with this. Like I'm, I'm very intrigued to hear what your mindset was and like what you were looking for and you know, just how that went for you. I mean, obviously it went well cause you won, but it's just that, that body of water is not what you typically, you know, say i'm gonna go and catch almost 90 inches of largemouth i know and i didn't break 90 and that's that was my goal but uh i should have um you know i the last uh handful of events that i fished um i was getting my ass handed to me with just 14 inch males they're just cookie cutter like and a lot of mediocre 70, 75 inch bags. So I was a little down, but I knew, I knew that I wasn't finding the female. So I guess it was, uh, two things, um, with, with Erie was number one, looking at the weather, I, I knew that the smallmouth, I could go catch smallmouth and lots of big ones but not on that windy of a day, just no way in hell. I didn't even want to entertain the thought. Um, I knew I could catch large mouth and I thought, I thought I would figure something out on, on the, on the spawning bluegill. And that's exactly what kind of happened. Um, 
you know, you, you can see, uh, you can see those bluegill spawning beds a mile away. And I was just pulling back to like the first deep cover, which ended up being the inside edge of the weed lines and about four foot of water is, is what ended up doing it for me. Um, now the, the carp were spawning too, where I was fishing. So, you know, it was murky and, and mud always gets me like screws with my confidence, but those carp, when they're spawning and tearing, tearing up the bottom, there's, there's a whole, a whole biomass cycle. I think that's going on. There's nymphs and larvae and then your little fish and then your predators. So I, I guess, I'm going to say the location was uh, key. Uh, baits that at least had a bluegill color. I mean, I'm a fly fisherman by trade, so I kind of tried to match the hatch or what I thought they would be feeding on. And then, of course, you know, there's the 80% luck factor, too, that's thrown in there. So, Yeah, that it was awesome. That's I, I told Ben on Monday because I was looking back through some pictures of, uh, of some of the fish and everything. And I hadn't looked at the Erie event and Ben, I don't know, like if you jumped in and looked at things and kind of had the same thought I did, where it was just like, Holy shit. Like it actually happened. Like someone won Erie <laughs> with nothing but large mouth. So yeah, I can, yeah, I can attest, I can attest to what Michael was doing. Cause it very, 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 similar to what I was doing and how I was getting on the fish. And I know I finished top 10, but I just wasn't finding, I found one big bite. It was a 19 and a half, but, and I'm telling you what he said is identical to where I was finding fish. I absolutely identical to where I was finding decent fish. It was, you could see in where I was fishing, which I was back in the lagoons. I started, <clears throat> all the way up at the West Harbor and work the West Harbor down in through the lagoons and back up to the, where, uh, the lagoon launch where we had the awards ceremony. And you could see like, if you stood on your deck, you could see every bed bass and bluegill at least 20 yards away. You could just see them because the, the, the water was pretty tannic and yep. the beds stuck, stood out like a sore thumb and you could just, I'm in, and, and like where he said with the weed line being the first drop, and with a bit of cover, that's exact. It, it was identical to where I was locating fish too. So that's funny that he said it because it's exactly where I was finding fish is the same exact place. I'm glad you can confirm that. I mean, sometimes I think I'm freaking crazy. I'm like, yeah, this isn't why it's happening. Uh, this this pattern will never duplicate itself, but I think it could. And the right the right water temperature. Um, the right clarity i think it could duplicate itself yeah especially like you say most people like greg said you, you don't think about going to erie and going after largemouth but I, if you think about the grand scheme of erie and its sheer size and how little room there is for largemouth to thrive in the lagoons i think finding a pattern that could duplicate if it's going to happen anywhere for largemouth it's going to be right there I think it could definitely duplicate back in there. I think that's something that could be a common thing back there. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, I caught, I only caught one large mouth, which was immediately the very next cast after I caught my big small mouth of the day. Um, and it actually, you know, 
it wasn't on weed line, but it was right off a of Perry monument. And I was ripping a bluegill chatterbait out across the top of the grass. And like I said, I made, I casted, I made two cranks and bam, it was on. Um, so, you know, something to be said there for there definitely were, uh, they were definitely trying to feed. That's for sure. Yeah, I could not, uh, I couldn't really. I'd have to go back to the first question that you guys asked. What was that, Matt? I said, uh, I think I know another reason why I suck at fishing here is because I think if I went to Erie, there's no way I could ever fish for largemouth baiting at Erie. And I give you guys, I mean, hats (laughs) off the going. (laughs) That's that's the main thing. It's, I'm serious. There is, I mean, you can win tournaments with largemouth up there. Like I fish city side and have caught multiple, you know, 18, 19 inch largemouth while fishing for smallmouth. I mean, there's there. And I mean, there's actual boat tournaments that get won by largemouth, but I mean, it is a smallmouth fishery, man. I just, I, that's, that's my bug. Yeah. There's nothing prettier than those big smallmouths, those big old goby guts, but I knew I would have skunked if I'd have went out there in that wind and tried to catch smallies. I just would have skunked. I just know my weakness. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you made the right <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. was. Uh, I don't like big water. <laughs> it was it was not bad in the morning. I mean, obviously the wind was blowing, and I I fished up along the edge of um, of Presque Isle, uh, pretty much like along the road that goes out to where the lagoon launches at. And I just stayed like 75 ish yards off of shore and just kept casting back and forth. And that's where I was catching fish at. So that's what I stuck with. Um, but it got bad. I mean, I know at 11 o'clock, whenever I turned to go back towards Perry monument, I had multiple moments where I was like, I really wish I had rod leashes. I wish that I had something that's going to keep me stable more than what my kayak currently is doing. Like I did get a little bit like, you know, multiple butthole pucker moments of like, Oh shit, my nose is going to dive into this next wave and I'm going to be in trouble. It gets, it gets pretty gnarly up there, man. It it takes it. It's just a light switch, you know? I mean, that's, Something, I mean, I, I fished it in Nakusa, I fished it in Kraken, I fished it in my Hobie, and granted, I mean, I think hands down a Hobie's, I mean, uh, the way to go or any type of pedal drive around that's, you know, the same idea, but it, it definitely, it, it's, it's definitely a scary place if you're not familiar with bigger water and dealing with, I mean, like I said, it turns on like a light switch, you could have three footers coming at you right after being dead calm which is kind of what happened. I mean, granted there were some boats that were definitely making wake, but it wasn't all boat wake and there were white caps and they were my, my speed on my graph would go from like three, six to almost four as the waves were like pushing me out, you know, down toward back towards Perry monument. Cause that's the way the wind shifted to, um, before, uh, you know, obviously we're going to continue talking about all this, but I do want to bring something up and it's kind of a, a real quick shout out to, to Michael. Um, so post event we were talking and I thought it was something that was really, really cool. 
and he had said about it, um, you came from big bass boat background, if I'm not mistaken, from our conversation, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I didn't fish a ton of big bass boat tournaments, but enough to know that I wanted to sell my bass boat and not be in that uh, in that scene. Yeah, he made, it was kind of cool. He made the comment of like, you know, this doesn't happen after boat events. Like guys don't stand around and bullshit about how their day was and everything. I think you, you pretty much said it as like a, a financial like dick measuring contest or something. Is the way you, <laughs> well, is yeah, yeah. Was. It, that's what you do. <laughs> yep. And it's not that way. And, and, and this is my first year fishing kayak tournaments. I started in Florida in March. I fished, uh, this is my 10th tournament and everyone's been the same guys that never seen each other before. They just want to talk about their day. And, and that's awesome. It's, it's what actually drew me. I mean, there were a couple of reasons why I got drawn into this series specifically. Um, the primary being that I can use a motor in this series, but also last year in fishing the Lake Arthur event, um, you know, meeting Ben and Brent and like some of the other guys and everything where it was just like, oh yeah, hey, we're like, we're going to have the award ceremony over here. Like come hang out, bullshit, you know, meet some of the guys that you're probably going to see if you're really thinking about getting into this and stuff. And, you know, here it is almost a year later, just shy of a year, because I think that event was in July last year Um, where it's like, you know, I Ben and Ryan, I consider, you know, fishing buddies at this point. I mean, Ben and I attempted oh, multiple times. I love times. you too, Greg. Yeah, smooches, buddy. <laughs> uh, ben and I multiple times tried to get uh, together to go and do some steelhead fishing this year. I floated French with uh, with Van Tyne. So, um, well, I shouldn't say with you because you're we'll, good. We'll, you're we'll good. get into that here in a little bit. Um, <laughs> but uh, that shit happens. That yeah. Shit happens. <laughs> but yeah, it was, that definitely was one of the, the draws to this was like, man, this is kind of cool. Like, this is just what I would expect for like my buddies and I, after we get off the water up on Erie to like, you know, hang out and talk about our days of like steelhead fishing and, you know, that sort of stuff. So, um, and then the other thing I wanted to bring up and actually it's going to be like two things for Michael. Um, I want you to give a quick shout out for, your woodworking stuff that you do. Uh, Tyler Rupert said the piece that you donated to the KA tournament um, this year, I think up at, was it the Pimey tournament you donated something to them? Uh, yeah, I donated a, a gift certificate for, you know, for somebody to, to have one of their replicas done. Um, but I have a ton of pictures on my business Facebook page. Maybe he was looking at that. I don't know. Yeah, when go ahead and give your shout out, man, because it's uh, from what I've heard, and I, I can't rem- I didn't get a chance to look jump on it, but I know Tyler was saying like some of the stuff you have is absolutely phenomenal. Oh well, that's I appreciate that. Um, you know, I now 30, 35 years ago, um, I had a taxidermy studio, and I was ne- and I was really good at fish. I'd win awards and stuff, but. I was never impressed by fish mounts or the fiberglass replicas. So I started carving them 
and uh, burning the scales in and airbrushing them and that sort of thing. So I freaking love doing that. And when I'm not fishing or guiding, that's what I'm doing. That's just what pays the bills for everything, you know? Um, absolutely love it. And um, I guess, you know, the more, and I, I'm a multi-species guy. I, I catch musky and pike and walleye, depending on what, you know, clients want to go do, but the bass are really the thing that you can have some character in, you know, every bass you catch has a different character when you look at it, you know? So, um, yeah, that's exploding fly guide service. If you guys have want to look at, enjoy looking at fishing pictures, both of caught fish and of the carved fish. I post a couple times a week. I'm, I'm actually on your business page right now. And like the very first picture is scrolling down through is the one that has like a pike, a uh, crappie, a, a big bass and a, a small mouth. And dude, so those are all wood. Yeah. hundred percent wood. Yeah. Except for the eyes, the eyes are kind of an acrylic type deal. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Van Tyne, are you seeing this as well? Cause it's absolutely yeah. insane. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at this. This is ridiculous. I appreciate that guy. That's just, uh, <laughs> what? yeah. You guys know, you guys know how Forrest Gump could play ping pong real well. Yeah. Remember that from that movie? Yes. That, yeah. This shit's all, this shit's all I can do. I catch fish and carve them. That's kind of ping pong to me. <laughs> Man, those are those are absolutely beautiful, Michael. Jeez, oh, man, dude. Um, I appreciate it. All that, all that wood is, uh, what's that? I think that uh, there may be there may be something down the line that we might have to have a a gift certificate donated for a end of year event or something because that those just look absolutely I'll do, phenomenal. I do that for sure. Yeah, you know, you're you're great guys. I'd uh I'm not gonna get to fish a ton more tournaments, honestly. I'm gonna fish a handful more, but I got so far behind. Um kept pushing back guide trips because I've fished tournaments every weekend since March, it seems like. <laughs> so I gotta start getting caught up on uh on keeping some customers happy. So um anyhow, I would gladly uh put something together if you have an end of year banquet or something you know um i think it works better sometimes people will buy carvings but it really works better to just give a certificate that'll pay for most of a dude's replica or gal's replica you know so i'd, yeah. I'd do something like that for you guys I think for sure. cool. yeah, we'll definitely talk because i'm thinking my wheels are turning too like if we could get something for a winner of like a championship or something and like whatever i don't know we'll talk for sure after this but just like imagine like winning the championship and then like your biggest fish you get a gift certificate to get a replica made of it after you went like that would just be freaking phenomenal that'd be pretty cool yeah that's that's definitely kind of the same mindset that i had too ryan so um and then one last thing, uh, I'm not trying to like, you know, Michael didn't give me any money on the side or anything for this stuff. Uh, <laughs> I promise you. But one of the other one of the other cool things that you said the other day was that uh, you do free guided services for veterans. Is that correct? 
Yeah, I'm I'm a veteran myself, and um, I take other veterans. I waive the guide fee when we go out. Sometimes they'll kick in gas money, um, and then my paying clients are what pay to support that. Like I just bought a picked up a new Lund today to take that's really open, so I could get a person in a wheelchair in it. It's um, so anyhow, that stuff all costs money, and I do not go panhandle for it. I just you know, people that pay for the guided trips end up funding the rest of it. So that's just what I awesome. do. It's it's a break even deal. Oh, good on um, you for that. But it's well, thanks. But it's honestly more. It's kind of self serving. It's more probably more therapeutic for me than it is my fellow veterans that I take out because you know there's a lot of unseen wounds and um, you know that that's just how how I chose to deal with it. Get out and help people. Yeah, dude, I feel you on that. Oh, that that's definitely very, very awesome. So appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Uh we'll rotate it back in here. Um Ryan, you you did well for yourself up on Erie. Uh, Mr. I don't like big water, but for some reason you keep finishing in the top 10 of all Listen, these I was, lake tournaments. I was in skinnier water on Erie than I was on French Creek. <laughs> <laughs> and and Ben, I mean, we'll just not mention anything, you know. <laughs> hey, you never know unless you go. Ben went. He yeah. tried, man. Yeah. If it, if the bite went in his favor that day, Ben would be on the podium. I can guarantee it. Yeah, I mean, I I saw some really big fish. I was out on Main Lake, and I was uh, I had my active target going, and I was watching fish and watching fish swim away from everything I was throwing at them, and it was just uh, it was frustrating. It was very frustrating to to not have something that I could put in front of them that they would eat. It was just it was a weird day. And uh, I'll just chalk it up as that. I went for the smallmouth, <laughs> and then uh, and they they did not bite. They hit me hard, though. Yeah, it was. Uh, I I think I only ended up catching like eight fish on Saturday, if I'm not if I believe my memory serves me right. Um, but you know, I'm happy. I ended up uh, seventh, which. Erie has been, I mean, I've only been up there a couple times, but I have some unfortunate bad memories with it, with uh, losing a GoPro the first time I was out there. And then uh, the second time, nothing too terrible. I mean, Nick and I went up there and tried to fish for some uh, smallies during the month long event last year. And we didn't have a terrible time. We just, it was one of those days where the lake kicked our ass because we only put a couple fish in the boat between the two of us. And you know, it's just, it was just a whole new experience being out on big water with the kayak. So, um, I kind of feel like I somewhat conquered a little bit of a beast that I had and I'm happy with that. But unfortunately I followed it up with the next day with an absolute shit show of a disaster of a fishing trip, um, <laughs> on Sunday at French Creek, which, Matt took home the dub from Ryan. We'll just we'll make sure we throw that in there right now. Um, I with, knew, uh, so I knew, I knew that I knew something was coming. I knew it was brewing because Matt just doesn't put zero up on on any creek or river. <laughs> yeah, he 
he ended up beating you with uh with big fish and i think what was it been for for michael for erie was it 80 88 and a half or 88 and a three quarters i think yeah i think that right around right there. yeah i think so that was a you know obviously a a good turnout for him and then on the river event uh matt came in first with 74 and three quarters tied with ryan but he caught a nice 18 and a half inch smally um and did yeah and he he took the dub and big bass of the day so matt what uh what worked well for you Well, uh, usually I don't come up and pre-fish for tournaments that much, but uh, I did actually plan a trip up the French Creek this year to try to fish it because I do like fishing French Creek. It's been probably 10 years since I fished it. But uh, I seen that you guys had a tournament, and I figured I was trying to plan it the same weekend. So we ended up going up and came up with a Saturday, fished for a little bit, just at a single access. Uh, I think it was up by like Sagerstown and kind of just patterned the fish and seeing what they were doing. The water was still a little bit dingy, but uh, we ended up just doing a float. I, I know my favorite section wasn't available this year, which is Utica down to Sugar Creek. <laughs> but so I went to the next one up, obviously, which is Carlton down to Utica. So we fished from Carlton down to Utica and pretty much threw a chatterbait in the morning and caught a couple on a, like a Bruce Pumpkin pattern with a z or not z man i think i had a uh yamamoto trailer on it one of them zankas man those things have such good i i started running those in the back of my chatter base as well as those ten thousand fish uh whatever the worm is that they have that i really like but those zackos are flipping awesome on the back of a chatter bait i mean they get tore up man but i think it's worth it you know and uh Pretty much uh, that was early. I mean, we had a bunch of fog on the water. Once that fog burned off, the sun come out. and I mean, the fish pretty much started laying down and low. Got a couple on the fluke, uh, a couple couple other ones on like a little Z-Man finesse. But had a bunch of big fish come up and almost eat the fluke, which I'm not – I mean, we would have. it would have been close to probably 85, 86 inch. I probably would have had if I would have hooked two of them. I know that. But – uh yeah, man, it was, it, it, it started off real, you know, like a power fishing type of day and ended up just being my favorite type of finesse fishing, but couldn't really, uh, upgrade from the lowest fish. I had a couple 13s, but, uh, I was happy to catch that 18 and a half early in the morning. I know that. Yeah, for sure. Um, your, your 13s were still three inches bigger than my biggest fish. So there you go. <laughs> It was, it was yeah. such a such a wonderful day. I had so much fun floating down French Creek by myself and getting out and wading the slowest ass spots you could possibly fish just to try to catch something. That's where they were at, man. <laughs> but Wait, I, yeah, I don't know. I and again, I get. I'm in agreement with Matt. The day started like it was going to be power all day long, and then you know I caught. Two, I think, top water, which I throw two things. It's a whopper plopper and a wacky rig. And I caught two on a plopper. And and within like a half mile, I realized that that was over because every spot where there should be fish eating the whopper plopper, there wasn't. 
started throwing the wacky rig and I just, I never put it down. Shout out to one of our sponsors, 412 Bait Company. Every single fish in both of my bags, both days, Saturday and Sunday, was caught on a four inch stick bait from 412 Bait Company. Every single fish. Look at that. Just plugging the sponsor and <laughs> putting fish in the boat with their, with their stuff. He's the right, man. It, it, it was finesse as could be. As soon as that sun came out and started warming the surface up, man, it just, anything power related was gone. <laughs> yeah, it was. Dude, that creek was on a fall, man. You know what I mean? It peaked like yep. two days before that. So once it leveled off, it started dropping, man. That water coming down. It's hard fishing when the water's coming down on a river. Yeah. No matter where you go. Yeah. Especially, I mean, I don't know that. I, I, there's one river, the Susquehanna, man. You can go there when the river's going up or down end. I mean, as long as you pattern fish and, you know, sideways, just try to take advantage <laughs> throughout the day, you'll catch fish. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, French was just hard. That's, I told Ryan, um, you know, he called, I floated with him, Phil, and Joe, and we all dropped in at the same place. And we had a seven mile float planned. And Ryan and Joe kind of took off. I was hanging back with Phil a little bit. He went past me. And then all of a sudden it was just like, I'm so far behind them because the mentality for how to fish a Creek for tournament style is just, it's just something I'm not used to. Like I go in wet wade the Connie and I can spend so much time doing that. And if I'm out on a lake, like, I'm good. I just pull, I, you know, lines out at two, two o'clock and I just, you know, drive back to the launch and I'm fine. But on the, <laughs> on the, on the Creek, I definitely have learned that I need to pick up my damn pace because, you know, it, it's, uh, I was miles behind. Ryan. It's tough. Like, it's like I told you whenever I found you on the side of the road, um, <laughs> Sul- sulking in my it's, wounds. So it's not that you necessarily have to pick up your pace. It's like something, and Matt can attest to this too. Like it's something you learn. Like after you do floats for so long, you just know, like based off of mileage, what your pace has to be. Like there's no real way to like, I you could science it out of it. You could science it, but like as a creek or a river guy, you just know like how much you have, how many ch- like. You just know your pace. You like when you put on, you know what you have to do and where you have to be at certain times. And it's just something that you learn by doing it. It's you could science it. It's definitely a, there are numbers involved. But like I told you, like it's just not something that I'd be able to sit and be like, I wouldn't be able to teach somebody a pace to follow for a seven mile float because like water height, flow there's so many things that go into it that you just kind of in your head, it's something that I don't even think about. Like I just, I, cr- I don't know, man. And and it's tough because if you get on fish, you know, it, you got to pick and choose where you're slowing, where you're stopping, what, what banks you're beating. You got to, it's, there's, there's well, quite a few things that run through your head. In PA, man, you there's there's river gauges, so you just you pay attention to river gauges. You see what your flow's at, and then I mean, if you've been on the water before, you can go on past dates 
and look at yeah. the, what the flow was that day that we were there catching that fish and then be like, and just, you know, go off of that and then just realize, Hey, look, okay. The water's up to, you know, 2100 CFM or whatever. And you're just like, Oh, okay. That's crazy. I'm not going out in the water. You know, it's just, I mean, you got to pay attention to all that stuff, weather, wind direction. I mean, everything. And then, I mean, that's how you, you have to plan a trip that way. And I mean, a lot of times that, that's what hurts up Erie. That's, that's, it changes every minute. So that's, it's almost impossible to, plan <laughs> yeah uh it definitely you know it definitely was a learning experience for me for sure um and it seems like and it's also to just with that type of stuff of the multiple areas that you can drop in and take out and get different floats and everything um to hit different styles of water like whenever we were uh driving to hitchies I was looking at some of the water like through that area and I was like, shit, shit. I like wish I would have probably went here instead of the skinny <laughs> water with Ryan. Matt, when I picked him up, I said to him, I'm like, he was telling me the kind of stuff he likes to fish with moving water. I'm like, you, you probably would have fucking had a way better day fishing with Matt because <laughs> I know where Matt went. Matt, Matt's, what Matt's into that. Thing, man. You have to fish this current, man, for a small amount. You know what I mean? They're going to be around the current, even if it's in the dead section below the current, you know what I mean, where the current's at. They're going to be around that current. I mean, I'd say from the end of spawn till, I mean, just before fall, winter. even fall, they're yeah. going to be up. And that's, yeah, I'm serious. Like, that's that. Why, why move, man? There's bait fish, there's good oxygen. You know, it's going to be running, all, I mean, most of the year, even when the water gets real low. Yep. Yeah, it was it was a learning experience to say the least, but you know, it is what it is and uh it kind of will teach me to to pay attention to pace and all that stuff for, you know, events moving forward and everything. You can um, always Greg, you can always slow. It's very difficult to speed up. Yeah, you don't always have to you don't have to do floats, you know what I mean? You can do single accesses, man. I've done that in one tournament south of Susky. You roll, you roll up, you just make sure you have everything, I mean, mobile. I mean, hey, boom, I could strap it down on my kayak, boom, go to the next spot, hit that for an hour and a half. Like, you just, you know, take advantage of the areas that you know where big fish hang out. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's what a lot of times I was doing. I was just jumping out and, you know, beaching my, beaching my kayak and wading up and down some sections of stream that I felt like I could probably catch a few fish out of and everything. Um, and you know, I will say it's a technicality, but I didn't finish in last place because someone decided not to fish that day, even though they were registered. So, you know, 13 out of 14, I'll take it. Um, not sure how that works, but, uh, that's, that's what I'm going by. I didn't finish in last place. So, um, it was, it was a good time and we, I think a good trip. I mean, even if you didn't really, you know, I mean, it, it was, the water conditions weren't the best. I mean, obviously, like I said, I mean, water was on a fall like that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's going to be tough fishing, man. You know, yeah. I have to say Matt, Matt Randolph was one of the first dudes I met when I started kayak fishing tournaments and I've hung out with him quite a few times since. And Matt is an amazing fucking human being. And it was so exciting for me to see Matt come back out and do a tournament. It was really awesome. So Thank you, Matt, for joining us. I hope to see you again. Actually, I know I'm going to see you again because we our next stops on the yacht, and I know damn well you're not going to miss that one. 
yeah, that's that, that's a, that's a most that's the most definite, man. And it's definitely been it, it's been good seeing you around, man. And I'm glad to get back out and actually fit the tournament. I just uh, I don't know this year. I really just really haven't been focusing on fishing too many tournaments. But uh, like I told you, Ryan, I mean, dude, a river series that's straight up my alley. And I know I didn't. I said I wasn't going to fish the Clarion, but I'll probably gonna, I'm probably going to end up coming up with Mike, and uh, we'll nice. see what happens. Uh, well, that's kind of uh, rolls into, you know, somewhat of a primer for uh, the next events that we have coming up. Because, um, I mean, I, you know, these are, you know, just a quick little quick and dirty recaps of how things went and everything. And I feel like everyone, you know, had a good time with it. Obviously, I wish I would have maybe caught some more, uh, caught some more fish on Sunday. But my wife asked me, you know, a while ago, like, hey, what do you want to do for Father's Day? And it was just like there are back-to-back tournaments that weekend and as long as i'm not going to get in trouble my father's day gift and wish is that you just let me go and fish those tournaments and i was able to do it and i'm extremely happy with that and uh you know i i hate to be cliche about it but you know a bad day fishing is never really a bad day even though it kind of can be but um yeah it was still a it was still a good time and i definitely enjoyed myself so but for our upcoming events, uh, as Ryan has already stated, our next tournament is a river event, and that is going to be down on the Yawk. And I have not fished that. Uh, I have fished in the reservoir, um, but I have not fished the river. I have talked to multiple people that have. Um, I maybe have somewhat of an idea of where I'm probably going to be fishing for that. I'm not asking for anyone to give any of that information out for themselves. Um, but you know, it's setting up for another river event. We'll have to obviously see how weather goes and everything. Um, I know that a lot of the stuff is very low right now. Um, we have not had that much rain, so hopefully we'll get a little bit and it kind of peaks those systems back up to, you know, decent moving water for us. And then the next lake event is going to be on what some people would probably consider home water for themselves. Uh, if you live in Western PA and that is Lake Arthur, um, a lake that I know, uh, fairly well, again, on Tuesday night, it kicked my ass and did not give me any stripers. Um, it has been a terrible season for me for wiper fishing this year. Uh, but hopefully for the the tournament's event, it'll be it'll be good. We already know where some people are going to be. But any anything to throw in there, fellas, for uh, what some hopeful expectations are for the upcoming events? Go ahead, Ryan. He's on mute. He's not paying attention. Sorry. No, I am paying attention. I was actually, so I was reaching out to Russell. Um, post the award ceremony for the York tournament is actually going to be at the steel plate. So I was just, before I gave the shout out to the steel plate, I wanted to make sure that we were all good for that. So I'm going to be working out some details. He's got some things coming that are going to be pretty special to people that, that place well in that tournament. So Ooh, nice. Um, I was just reaching out to him before I went and, you know, kind of threw him out there like that. I knew he'd be down for it anyhow, though. So, but um, yeah, no, I, uh, Lake Arthur's going to be pretty neat, though, because it's one of the only lakes that I actually go and fish, like for fun. 
So I'm excited about that. Um, but you know, it's, I think Lake Arthur is going to be this time of year. Honestly, I think it's going to be low eighties, mid eighties, maybe even there's so many fish there. Um, it's just going to be who's in the right place when the bite turns on and it's going to be a slug fest, I think. And I think it might actually be Nate. I don't know. Nate, Nate, uh, <laughs> Nate works some magic up there, man. He's got, he's got some serious juice in that lake and he works it. And, uh, the yawk, I'm going to have to say, if I had to pick somebody to take the yawk, it's going to be one of the boys that Matt's going to be, it's going to be either Matt or Mike or, Sean Livingston or Eddie Cobb. I think those top four, if, if I'm going to be gunning for someone, those are the four dudes I'm going to be gunning for to win the, to win the Yawk event. Cause them boys can fish down there big time. Man, as, long, gonna, as long as they don't, they don't uh, bottle those tail fins, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and make yes. sure the mouths are closed. I, and, so yeah. I, 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 I showed Mike exactly where, cause they're on a, on a smallmouth bass. There's a very distinct, like bronze line that runs that kind of differentiates the actual tail fin and the tail itself. And he's like, okay. He's like, all right. Yeah. 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 He's like, I just fucked up. He's like, it is what it is. I ain't even <laughs> mad about it. So, but they should be all good for it. And that's, I mean, part of the learning curve doing tournament stuff. I mean, every, every club's different, but the same at the same time, you just have to pay attention to what each individual individual clubs rules are and, and you know it's you should be good, but any questions, please ask. If you think you're doing something wrong, just at, just shoot a text and be like, "Hey, is this right or is this wrong or what's the deal?" And then that way you don't have to have five fish or four fish that you lose inches on or get DQ'd or anything like that. But no, yeah. I think I think the yawk bite's going to be depending on weather. I think the yawk bite is going to be nice. It's going to be real nice. Yeah, I mean, dude, end of, end of June, you know what I mean? You know, first was that the first weekend of July, second yeah. weekend of July, whatever. Yeah, but dude, it's the bite. The bite right now is pretty much. I mean, it's, it's heating up pretty good right now. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, they're starting to get out on the flats, move around a lot. So I mean, fish are scattered all over the place instead of being in just one area. But with this warmer weather too, man, I don't know. We'll see what happens, man. It, it'll, yeah. it'll be, it'll be all about man, what the water's doing. If the, if the yeah. water's up and flowing, I mean, people are going to catch fish cause you could throw power, you know what I mean? Chatter baits, spinner baits, stuff like that and catch decent fish. Yeah. If we keep but getting the water, some nice rain, like we're getting right now, we keep getting that. That'll keep that water temperature down a little bit. Keep the flow up a little bit. I think we should just depend as long as we don't go on another two week bender of no rain and straight sunshine every day, I think that yawk bite's going to be nice. Yeah. We, we got a ways to go, you know? Yep. Yep. For sure. Um, yeah, I'm excited for, uh, I'm excited for the yawk. I know I'm going to be able to fish that one. Arthur, unfortunately, I'm not a hundred percent sure if I'm going to be able to make it out to that one or not. We leave the All next right, day for, yeah, we leave the next day for vacation and I have like a shit ton of people that have already requested off that weekend for work because of vacations and stuff. So I will have to see, uh, see what's going to go on for that. Um, but before we end the night, uh, again, there are some housekeeping questions that we have 
um, that I'm going to flip back and forth between Michael and Matt to go over. Ryan and Ben have already answered these questions, as have every guest that has been on. So if you are listening and you are a uh, future winner of any of our events, um, start thinking about what your answers are going to be. So, Mike, I'm going to start with you. And it's a series of five questions. We'll flip-flop back and forth here between you and Matt. Um, question number one is, whenever you are on your way to the lake or to the river to fish, what are you listening to? Uh, Metallica. Oh, look at that. How about you, Matt? Uh, well, this trip up, I believe we were listening to some old Hank, and then I think I believe we were listening to some old school rap also. Love That's it. What's uh, That's what's up. Nice. Van Tine and I were talking about this on the way because he jumped in my truck after we uh, did some some swapping <laughs> for stuff, and I had, I don't know, I even know what I had on, um, but it was like some death. of my like... Yeah, you know, some of my like hardcore, you know, screamo kind of stuff and everything. And he was like, "You and Phil would definitely get along if you rode together." So, <laughs> um, all right, Matt, I'll start with you on question number two. What is your go-to sheets order? Chili cheese dog. Chili yeah. cheese dogs. Ooh, nice, Michael. say it's gonna be grilled chicken on a pretzel roll uh, every day it changes what i put on it <laughs> boom boom sauce boom boom sauce there you go look at this Next guy boom boom sauce <laughs> i i have not bought them for a while but i think nick and i stopped our boycott of uh sheets because they actually brought back real peanut butter and jelly sandwiches instead of that artificial fake peanut butter peanut butter and jelly beach nut <laughs> yeah <laughs> stupid sunflower peanut butter and jelly what the hell is that get this out of here uh all right michael we'll go with you for this one if you could only take one rod and one lure to the lake and go fish and you had infinite amount of that lure what would it be it would be a spinning setup uh 15 pound braid fluoro leader i would be fishing a four inch robo worm i think the color is aaron's magic uh, i'd be fishing it wacky and that's it you damn wacky rig guys yes, <laughs> yes. i love it all about confidence that's it man okay so before i ask matt the same question are you anti Ned rig if you're a wacky rig guy? Cause that seems to be the battle is that you're either pro wacky or pro Ned. Well, they, it's like when you're building a house, sometimes you need a Phillips screwdriver. Sometimes you need a hammer. I mean, it's, it's, it's two applications to me. Maybe I'm thinking about it wrong, but um, I'm not anti Ned at all. Nice. I bought some, uh, my little Cabela's run today. I actually bought some, uh, of the Max scent 
uh, Ned Riggs, the little generals that they have. I'm going to give those a try oh, and yeah. see how they work. Yeah. Nice. I know the flatworms work. I pulled, I pulled fish out of 30 feet of water out at uh, Keystone Power Dam, fishing those on a drop shot. And that's the deepest I've ever caught fish anywhere, um, except for in the ocean. So the, I think there is wow. something to be said about they just hold on to that bait a little bit longer give you a little bit more opportunity to get that hook set and everything and, you know, drawing some fish in and stuff. But if, you know, I spent a thousand dollars a day to buy live scope, I'd be able to definitely see them doing that. So. <laughs> or running away from your bait. Like I got to see. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Matt, what would be your one rod and one lure setup? My one rod, I would definitely, it'd be a spinning rod. I'd probably, I run some nano braid, probably like 12 pound nano to eight pound fluoro leader. And I would have a three yacht EWG Gamagatsu with one of my 5.5 inch hand ejected flukes. Nice. Yep. I, I like the fluke. I, I started fishing them. I fished them a few times out of KPD last year towards like the end of summer, early fall. And I was throwing them on a donkey rig and I, uh, I was trying so hard to get a double, um, ended up only ever catching singles, but I was throwing them right in the middle of like schooling fish and everything and just never was able to get that double hook up. But it is a cool, uh, cool way to fish those. I really like it. It's, it's, it's a, I mean, people don't real. I mean, it is a very versatile bait. Like I've, I, I've caught fish in like 36, 37 degree water temperatures in the yacht on these, on the fluke that I pour. It's just, a, they're, the tails are real thin. So it doesn't take much of anything at all. Like whenever it's winter time, I'll throw a weighted three yacht EWG on just like with that belly weight on it. And I mean, you just let it hit the bottom and you just let it sit there, man. I mean, 30, 40 second pauses, little twitches here and there and tons of smelly jelly. That sounds so boring. We were talking about this with uh, with Chad that he was saying about what he was doing up at Thompson with like his jerk bait and just ripping it through weeds and letting it sit there for like infinite amount of time to get his bites. It's like, Jesus, I could be doing so much more better stuff than that. <laughs> yeah, but he also got a 20 inch or so. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Okay, I'm aware of that. <laughs> um. All right, Matt, back to you. Uh, do you have a favorite fishing professional? Uh, yeah, I'd have to say Jimmy Houston. Old All school. Right. I like it. Yeah, straight up. I like Jimmy Houston. What about you, Michael? Uh, I'm going to say Brad Latimer. Because he's such an awesome uh, teacher on on his YouTube videos and stuff. He he is a really good teacher and is very open about everything. I like his little like docu series that he does for his events and everything. It's it's very well yeah. put together. I do like him as well. Uh, Michael, for you, your dream fishing vacation or dream fish that you would like to chase. Um, East Coast stripers out of my kayak. Ooh, maybe on my fly, probably on my fly rod. Yeah. Oh, even better. Ooh, yeah, that's awesome. 
you're talking about some of like the 30 pounders that I've seen guys pull out of Chesapeake, right? Yeah. Like I see a lot of guys targets are like a 50 inch fish, just like a 50 inch muskie. I'd, I'd take a 50 inch striper. <laughs> that, I'd take that. a 20 inch striper. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, what about you, Matt? Uh, that is a tough one, man. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Like it's probably not even dream. I do it a lot, but it is my dream. All every year is going to the Susquehanna and floating down with my kayak and my buddies. Yes. Nothing wrong with that dude at all. I don't think it gets much better than that for me. You know what I mean? I love going up here and fishing for them giant smallmouth and that. And I mean, it is awesome, but I don't know. River wise, I don't, I, there's, I don't think there's really not a river. I don't think it could touch the Susquehanna. I've, I've never fished it. Um, I don't think I'll be in the running. Well, actually, before I kind of close everything out with this, uh, Ben, do you have updated AOI stuff or anything yet? Yeah, I um, I posted. I think yesterday. Let uh, me go. I, posted. I have. I have it kind of like quick. I think I have the tab open. Let me check. Okay. Yeah. I got the first two events for the lake and I got the first events for the river trail all updated. So yeah, I'm ready. Be all good to go. They're going to change a lot too. Cause once you can drop your, your lowest one, you're going to see a lot of flip flopping happen. All right. So I will do a quick top 10 of both uh, lake series one. I'll go one through 10. Just read the names off. Jeff lay Ryan Vantine, Zach Schreckengoss, Joe back Brent Heinrich, Chad Claypool, Greg Moorhead, Jason Coconar, and Bill Jones. And then the rivers. Let me move that tab. River, we got Matt Randolph, Ryan Vantine, Eddie Cobb, and I don't know how to say Ronnie's last name, but Ron, Mike McFadden, Justin Oliver, Joe Bakew, Colton Hutchinson, and Nate Hall. Awesome. Well, we have a number of events still left. Uh it's all very exciting. We're getting into the heat of summer here. So fishing, you know, a lot of different styles are going to start coming out and everything for where some of these events are. And uh, definitely excited to, uh, to get down on the yawk and, uh, you know, try to, you know, show that I actually know how to catch fish. So, cause I did not do well at that last time. Nah, it was, you, you just had a rough day, man. You just that, had a rough day. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna talk up to that head. as well. It was in your head, man. Like Matt was saying, the a river it river's mental, man. You just gotta just go with the flow, man. You just gotta go with the flow, literally and figuratively. Yeah, my my flow was a lot slower than everyone else's, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was it was still a good day. I had a, I had a good time with it. Um, so that's gonna do it uh, here for our recap for the um lake event number two and river event number one um again we're going to be doing these after every event 
and, you know, just having some conversation, bullshitting with the winners. And, uh, yeah, hopefully everyone is able to get out to the next set of events and, um, you know, best of luck to everyone. And I'll hopefully get this episode up here in the next couple of days. But until then, see everyone and bastards are out. Later. Later. Later.